horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. As just stated, I'm John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, and we are happy to have you with us here on Winning Ponies. And uh, let's take a look at uh, what we're going to be looking at tonight. Well, we are going to be looking at two outstanding uh, guests, uh, both the uh, no, professional writers and handicappers, as far as I know. And uh, the first out on the West Coast will be Brad Free. He's been run, writing for the Racing Forum uh, since 1992. I thought he was a younger Turk than that. Maybe he started early out of high school. I don't know. But anyhow, he's the author of Handicapping 101, which is a great stepping stone for anybody that uh, says, Hey, uh, Uncle Louie. Uh, how do you handicap the horses? And since you don't have a lifetime to tell them, say, pick up Brad Free's book, Handicapping 101. That'll get you off to a start, kid. Kind of learn by winning and losing after that. So Brad Free's going to come on and help us cover uh, the races on the West Coast. Uh, they're going to be really busy. Uh, they've got uh, out at Santa Anita, they got the grade two pass squall. Uh, and then uh, that's Saturday. And then on and also the grade two Santa Monica, I believe Breeders' Cup winning sprinter uh, CC is going to be in there against the girls. Uh, she'll be tough. So we got good graded stakes races on Saturday and Sunday. For those of you uh, boning up on your Derby Oaks horses, the Las Virginies uh, for the Oaks and the Robert B. Lewis for the boys. Now all uh, of, uh, let's see, the races we'll do at Gulfstream with are uh, the Holy Bull and the Forward Gal. And I think we're all going to swing over to Aqueduct for the Withers. And the reason I named these five races is they are all 10-4-2-1 points races to get into the big races, the Oaks and the Derby. And I kind of showed my hand. The guy that's going to help us here at Gulfstream Park is none other than Bob Railbird Riders uh, for years, the turf writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And then, like every terrible paper in the United States, cut way back on their racing. So Bob said, you know what, I'm going to just do some freelancing and see you guys later after <laughs> writing for them for 40 years. Anyhow, Bob still uh, likes to play on the contest circuit, and he's a regular at uh, the the tracks uh, both in Ohio and Florida. He's going to help us cover the races at Gulfstream Park. It's funny, after the big weekend they had on uh, Pegasus Day, they're following that up with another huge weekend. I mean, on Saturday alone, you got the grade three swell. That's a seven furlong for three-year-olds, so it doesn't get derby points. But a lot of good horses have come out of the swale, uh, several derby winners, as a matter of fact. It's young. They're just turning three. It's seven furlongs. It's a good baby step. <clears throat> now, ones that are farther along, they'll go in Saturday's Holy Bull. Uh, the girls will go could go in the grade three sweetest chant. That's for three-year-old girls, but it's on the turf. Then you got the, the, the Kitten's Joy, three-year-old boys on the turf. And then uh, Oaks Point's race at Gulfstream on Saturday. I told you it was packed. The forward gale. 
and that's a grade three. 10-4-2-1 are the points races this week. And hey, don't go any of those places without pulling down the easy win forms. When you're hot, you're hot, and we are hot right now. Especially, just mentioned Gulfstream Park, had back-to-back winners there just yesterday. A $1 Super 5 key, uh, uh, and then, now this was in race nine, paid 2883 and you had a lot of money to play those easy win picks because earlier in the day, if you bet Tampa Bay, you pulled down a $1 Super 5 key that paid 2288 And yeah, we went to Charlestown this afternoon and right out of the box in the first race gave you a $1 Super that paid $267. Yes, they're all not multi-thousand dollar wins, but hey, some of them are. You only need one of those to get you a long way in your betting game through the season. Life is good. Yes, well, life is good was awfully good last week when we watched the $3 million Pegasus Cup. What a race. It it lived up to its billing, and like everybody said, you know, Nick's go. He needs to get out there and make the lead, and uh, everybody said, well, there's some speed in here that uh, we think can, uh, can go with them, and uh, in fact, life is good. Beat him, beat him to the turn, and uh, pretty much took control of the race from that point on. Uh, stunned a lot of people. We all thought the next go breaking from the rail, regular rider Joel Rosario to get the job done, but instead he actually uh, settled in in third. And life is good. Who is just a big, magnificent looking animal? You got to check him out. Um, Went wire to wire. He looked like Nick's go. He swept around the turns quickly. He put distance between he and uh, the competition. Uh, Nick's go did hold on for the second place finish in his swan song and uh, get in the third spot, which uh, is uh, never too bad in a $3 million race, was Stiletto Boy. But life is good. We will find out. Now, he's back at Palm Beach Downs. Uh, no worse for the wear, according to Todd Pletcher. And they said he really cooled out well. And we've got to look at his season. I mean, he came out of there. That was his sixth win and seven starts. But he had a career best buyer of 110. So uh, they've got to talk to Windstar Farm, Elliot Walden. And uh, they got to see if maybe they might want to make the trip for the $12 million Dubai World Cup. And uh, they're going to take a good look at it. So stay tuned. Life is good. Might be going to Dubai. As for Nick's go, well, he took a van ride too on Sunday, but he went all the way to TaylorMade Farm in Kentucky where he will be standing stud. And uh, Cox didn't feel bad. I mean, disappointed that he didn't go out a winner. Uh, he did win the race last year. Uh, but uh, let's face it, he... And Nick's go teamed up to win more than $9.25 million. Good luck as a stallion. Uh, speaking of races across the pond, how about May Dan? Set your clocks tomorrow morning, folks. The Al Maktoum Challenge, round two. The races start at 9 o'clock in the morning, and you will get to see hot Rod Charlie. He's never had a problem with traveling. He traveled his whole uh 
three-year-old season from east to west and spots in between. So he was, uh, we'll see how he does Friday at Maydan Racecourse in Dubai. Uh, the course, this is uh, his major prep race for that $12 million race. And there's going to be a dozen horses entered in this race. Uh, the race is 1,900 meters. That's like uh, about a mile and three sixteenths. It will be around two turn. And William Buick will take the place of Flavian Prat. He's already over there and rides on a regular basis, and uh, he's one hell of an international rider. So uh, Doug O'Neill's got a couple of them over there, and four of them are going to race uh, on Friday. And they've all been there mid-January without incident and settled in really well. Of course, uh, Hot Rod Charlie should be definitely fit. He looks really good in the works I've seen. And uh, let's face it, he's hasn't set the world on fire. Uh, he, uh, on December 26th in the San Antonio, he took a loss to Express Train. And before that, he was fourth in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Be nice to rebound in a $12 million race. But he's got to get by the uh, race on Friday. Again, post time starts over there uh, at 9 a.m. One of the horses in there ran second in the 2019 Preakness ever fast. So uh, tune in tomorrow. Now, if you were out in Vegas, uh, you got to... Uh, Finally see the David Harrison, he calls himself a regular guy, won the NTRA Horse Players Championship. Uh, he won $342 over a three-day tournament, and uh, that's mythical $2 win and place bets. Uh, he's 63 years old from Webster, New York, and, uh, you know, like he says, is this is... I told you he's a regular guy. This is an absolute life-changing score, he said. I'm a middle-class, middle-income, hard-working guy. This is going to help me retire a little bit earlier than I planned because he pulled down $750,000. Not bad at all for learning how to handicap. So uh, he's been handicapping since the late 70s, and he handica he uh, credits Harvey Pack as being his teacher, uh in the early days, and that's what got him interested in racing. And it was funny. After the trophy presentation, he tossed his daily racing form into the air as a tribute to Harvey Pack. He said, I'm an old school guy. Nothing fancy for me. I just used the form. Congratulations. And I'm glad it's somewhat life changing for that man. All right. How about Alphabet Soup? Yeah, a cup would be right now where I'm at. I can tell you that. Ice storm, six inches of snow, and a real good breeze going down to one degrees. But Alphabet Soup was a great racehorse. With us no longer, he passed away at 31 years at Old Friends Farm. He did go to stud for a while, didn't set the world on fire. He was a he was a gray son of Cozine, but he looked white when he used to be out there. I'd see him in the paddocks at, at Old Friends. And uh, he was the oldest living winner of the Breeders' Cup Classic at age 31, you know. We go back to the mid-90s and 96. He started winning greatest stakes races. And sad to say, as much as I loved him as a real horse down at the farm, I hated him. Hated him for winning. The 1996 Breeders' Cup Classic put together a big ticket, and we are alive with one horse going to the Breeders' Cup Classic. What was his name? 
Cigar. Yes, the Invincible Cigar was beaten by Alphabet Soup and blew our pick six in the Breeders' Cup that year. Oh, well, you got to move on. But uh, again, I'm not sure where his best friend, the donkey, gorgeous George, is going to go. But I'm sure Michael Blowen from Old Friends will find a good place for him. Jackie of the Week, that was Irad Ortiz, of course, uh, winning the Pegasus double during Jackie of the Week. Sure, it didn't hurt. Um, We already uh, discussed uh, life is good, but he also took uh, the World Cup Turf Invitational with a flawless ride on Colonel Liam, who won it last year and repeated, came in here, had been away since June, a tip of the cap to Todd Pletcher. All right, well, we got way too much news for you, but that's what we got right now. Uh, two uh, preps out on the West Coast. It was the San Vincente. It's a seven-furlong affair. Forbidden Kingdom in a hand ride. Keep an eye on that horse. Trained by Mandela. Upset not one, not two, but three Baffert trainees in the San Vincente. And at Oaklawn Park, New Grange. Baffert got it done there. This horse is the real deal, folks. He's now three for three lifetime and just exploded late in the Southwest. All right, that's all I got for you. I got to go because waiting for us on the line right now from the West Coast, none other than the Daily Racing Forms, Brad Free. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com john and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. 
Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me right now, the man who rode handicapping 101, as I told you at the top of the show, none other than Brad Free from the Daily Racing Forum. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, John. How's everything back in the uh, cold, icy uh, east or midwest? It is, uh, it's Midwest and it is both that I walked for an hour in an ice storm today, strictly for my dog's health. And I've been packed away in the studio for a while and it's windows face the West. And I don't know if you know about where I'm from, but the weather comes from the West. So we're looking at uh, six inches of snow, 15, 20 mile an hour winds and an ice storm. So things are just dandy, Brad. How are things out there? Well, it's- it's February, so I'm not sure what else to expect when in the middle of winter you get winter weather. <laughs> Meanwhile, out here in California, John, it's in, it was in the 70s today. Uh, sun's been out all day, and the breeze is blowing just a little bit. So kind of a nice, uh, nice, nice afternoon out here in southern, sweet Southern California. Brett, how often, if ever, uh, do you see a yielding turf course on the West Coast? Well, not very often. It does not very, it rarely happens um, because for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it does not rain very much out in Southern California. Secondly, when it does rain, the, uh, the very first thing that management does is move the grass races to the main track. So we don't get off turf races very often, yielding or good condition turf racing out here in California. It's mostly fast and firm at Santa Anita and Del Mar. I, I I had a guess that was the answer, but I just thought I'd check. Uh, they're probably hard as a rock with as little rain as you get out there. They probably don't drain real well. But hey, that's an interview for another time. Brad, you're going to be a busy man this weekend because uh, not only do we have the two uh, points races on Sunday, but you, you have a, a damn good card out there on Saturday too. Several graded stakes races: uh, the Thunder Road, the Santa Monica. Uh, the Sand Pass Squell. So uh, you're, you're going to be busy all weekend long covering the races for the form. Well, we have three graded stakes races on Saturday, two more on Sunday. I'm not sure that those uh, three-year-old races on Sunday are actually going to be points races, however, because as everyone knows, uh, trainer Bob Baffert is banned from Churchill Downs, and when his horses run in these, quote, points races, they do not earn any points toward the Kentucky Derby and or Kentucky Oaks. Baffert has two starters in the Las Virginia Stakes on Sunday, and he's got a couple more in the Bob Lewis um, also on Sunday. Colts uh, by the name of Messier and Wharton. So if Baffert wins this, these races, they're not going to be points races at all. Those points will just be shuffled off to the side. And this whole Baffert-Churchill uh, Down situation has really cast a pall over racing this winter in California. The winter meet at Santa Anita is typically about developing three-year-olds, Phillies and Colts, but none of these races really seem to matter because uh, Baffert has the strongest hand, but none of his horses can run at Churchill Down. So it's kind of a, like a who-cares type of winter. We saw a good effort last weekend by Dick Mandela train, Forbidden Kingdom, but Baffert has the deepest, strongest field, strongest stable of three-year-olds and when they win it's like okay well i guess we'll see you in pimlico 
um, down the road. But we're not going to see you in Churchill Downs, and we'll see what happens with the New York Racing Association with regards to the Belmont Stakes and all the three-year-old Phillies, Philly races back there in summer. You know, I, I have to just wonder, Brad, and I know you don't have the answer, <clears throat> but I talk out loud to myself a lot, and I think I'll do that for a moment. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if there is a plan, and like I said, I'm, I'm only Bob Baffert knows, that he has cut a deal with the owners going, look, I'm going to get your horses all wound up, and they're going to go from Little League to the majors in a matter of months, and then I'm going to turn them over to Coach Blank. Do you think that might be in the off? That offing might be in the wind. That would be that would surprise me if that did happen. I think that the owners who have their horses stable with Baffert are in it for the long haul. I don't think Baffert wants to try to skirt around and play cute uh, with regards to transferring horses to others other trainers. Now, you bring up a very interesting point, John, and it regards the Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner from last year, Corniche. Corniche went three for three last year for Baffert. He broke his maiden. He won the grade one American Pharaoh, and he raced gate to wire in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Then he went back to Kentucky. I, he hasn't had a published workout since early November. So we're already into February. We're closing in on the, on the Kentucky Derby, and Corniche's status is undetermined. Apparently, he's been galloping at a farm in Kentucky, um, but as far as recorded workouts on a, an official racetrack, Corniche is a long ways from making his three-year-old debut. So he's the most high-profile uh, of last year's two-year-olds, now three-year-old derby hopefuls, and he does not have a workout. And at this point in time, it looks like he's up against it as far as even making the Kentucky Derby, and nobody seems to have been able to get a straight answer on what the status of Corniche is, the undefeated champ, soon-to-be champion two-year-old of 2021. I do believe he's at Windstar. Um, and that's where he's quote legging up for his campaign. But that's interesting. As you've seen over the years, as talented as they are, it's kind of hard to start winding a horse up in February for what's going to happen the first Saturday of May, considering the steps he's got to take and the fact that he's going to need some points. Now, Brad Free from the Daily Racing Forum is with us, and I, and I want to address one thing that was stated earlier in the show as far as none of these races being derby points. Now, if Bob Baffert doesn't train my horse, let's say Sir London and the Robert B. Lewis, uh, he would win the race. Uh, trained by Simon Callahan, he gets his points, right? It's just the Baffert runners that don't. That's exactly correct. Yes, he does get the points. Any horse not trained by Baffert is eligible to earn points toward the Kentucky Derby. Any horse trained by Baffert is ineligible as of today for points and or for a start at Churchill Downs. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to blame the ice or the snow or something for making my computer crash. And when it did, I lost both my, my PPs for the Robert B. Lewis and the Las Virgenies. So I'm going to ask you, Brad Free, to kind of take us by the hand and walk us through the races and tell us a little bit which way you're leaning in those two races. Pick whichever one you like to start with. Sure. Well, we'll start. Uh, we'll go in chronological order. The race number three on Sunday is the grade three Las Virginis. This used to be a grade one race as recently as four or five years ago. It's now a grade three. We have a field of five. 
Baffert has the high figure horse in the field. That's a filly by the name of Adair Manor. She won her, a maiden route last time by 12 lengths and earned a 92 buyer speed figure. She'll get a whole lot of action. So will Queen of Thorns, and so will grade one winner Ida. Ida won the grade one starlet at Los Alamitos uh, in, in December, actually. This is her first start as a three-year-old filly. So two Baffert trainees, Adair Manor and Ida, will take a lot of play. So will Queen of Thorns. But there is a very interesting filly in this, in this race, and her name is Graceland Gray. She began her career at Lethbridge in Alberta, Canada. She won her career debut by 14 lengths. She came back and won her next start by 23 lengths, and then they shipped her out to California. She started once in California. She finished second in a turf sprint. She had more trouble than there is time to describe. She ran super. <laughs> She's a great, a great daughter of Golden Sense out of a tap at Mare, and she has been training lights out on the main track. I was out there early Monday morning to watch her work, her final workout for the Lost Virginists. I'm talking about Graceland Gray. Yeah. Um, she worked dynamite. She broke off behind a workmate. She took dirt. She rallied inside through the stretch, inside that work rival, galloped out strongly past the wire, and she's going to slip under the radar as far as betting purposes go. She earned a, a mere 61 buyer speed figure in her local debut. She'll be overlooked by the Bafferts, by Queen of Thorns, who's trained by Pete Yurden, and Graceland Gray, now trained by Howie Zucker. Tyler Bays is aboard. She'll get tested for class on Sunday, and I expect Graceland Gray. I don't know if she's going to win the race, but she will show up and outrun her price. So I'm going to be betting on Graceland Gray in the Lost Virginist race number three. Race number eight on Sunday is the grade three Robert B. Lewis, named after one of the most likable gentlemen yes. to ever grace the sport. Bob Lewis Correct. was a fantastic man. Uh, two of his, his, his main trainers were D. Wayne Lucas and Bob Baffert. Baffert has two horses in this race, including number one, Messier, and number four, Wharton. And Messier is probably the, the horse to beat in this field. Last time out, he disappointed. He finished second in the grade two Los Alamitos Futurity, and, but now he takes blinkers off on Sunday, and he also has a stablemate by the name of Wharton, who is probably going to be in as a sacrificial rabbit to take care of Sir London. Sir London is moving up in class off a front-running maiden win in December at Los Alamitos, but Wharton has the same running style as Sir London, and I would expect Wharton to Baffert does this all the time when he has two horses in the race two or more generally one of them is in it to win and the other one is in it to to compromise the or ensure the pace and that's what I think Wharton is in the race for to ensure that Sir London does not get loose and that's going to allow Messier to sit just off the pace and probably run them down there are some questions whether whether or not Messier really wants to go two turns because he opened up by a half length last time out in the stretch of the two-turn low south futurity, and then he just kind of fell apart and, and got worn down and finished second by a length. But the dynamics change on Sunday, and he should get a good trip sitting just behind the speed. And I would expect that Messier, if he can stay the distance, and that is a big if, to be tough to beat. Cabo Spirit is a stakes winner on turf, switching to dirt. That's going to be an experiment that's probably going to backfire. 
and Happy Jack wheels back on relatively short notice. He won a maiden sprint a week ago. No, a couple weeks ago, I should say. And now he's stretching out for a second start. But in the Bob Lewis race number eight on Sunday, it's all about Messier. Trained by Baffer, John Velasquez is aboard, and he's going to be the horse to beat. All right, folks. Well, uh, you're hearing it here with Brad Free from the from the Daily Racing Forum. And I, I did ask Brad if he would go outside of his element a little and, and help us with the race from Aqueduct, which would be the Withers. Uh, the question, I guess, uh, remains, Brad, uh, if they'll be contesting uh, the, the Withers stakes as uh, – uh, the weatherman's not cooperating, but I mean, we can't predict that right now. I mean, uh, it, it, it looked like uh, on, on when, when you read the headlines that it was uh, going to be maybe somebody out of the Jerome, uh, because I think you got like the one, two, three, five finishers of, of the Jerome in there. And uh, instead, I, I found some interesting horses coming out of some maiden races, uh, early voting and a horse that I can't find from page from the first race uh, that was also coming out. But uh, I, I was going to try to beat the Jerome horses. Am I being silly? No, you're not being silly at all. I think the Jerome was, was kind of a weak, low-rated race. The winner was Corbatier, and he earned a mare 74 buyer speed figure. It was another forward move for Corbatier. And he's the son of Tappet. Um, so he's getting good, and he's won two in a row, and his most recent speed figure was the best of his career. So he is moving in the right direction, but a 74 buyer speed figure, even in early January, is really not that much of a number. Um, you wonder how much improvement he actually has in him. He's started five times already, and he's still running it, you know, buyer speed figures in the low 70s. So he hasn't really progressed like you would expect a legitimate Kentucky Derby type horse to do. There's plenty of time still for Cavassier. He has five starts under his belt. But no, you're not silly at all. I think, to, I think I'll be surprised if the winner of the Withers does come out of the Jerome. And I'm I'm like you. I like these horses coming out of maiden races. Early voting is the uh, three to one morning line favorite, and he won very convincingly first time out. He's the son of the outstanding freshman sire Gun Runner, trained by Chad Brown. Early voting, he won clear here to 76 buyer, first start out. You have to believe that he has definitely room to improve. But if you're looking for a little bit higher price, there's a couple others in this field, both coming off maiden wins. Number one, Constitution Lawyer, who broke his maiden last time out in the mud at Aqueduct. He could get similar conditions on Sunday, or on Saturday, actually. And then there's another horse in here that I, I'm intrigued by, and I, I don't know if the morning line is really going to hold up or not, but his name is Grantham. Number two, Grantham. Yes. He finished second in his career debut. He stretched out in his second career start at Turfway Park, and he won kind of nicely. He won by a length and a half. He, his figure improved off his debut. He has a route under his belt. This is only the third start of his career, trained by Mike Maker. And I look for number two, Grantham. If you're looking for a long shot to gamble on, if that morning line holds, Grantham is listed at 10 to 1, and he is a horse that uh, could, could possibly slip through the cracks. But as of right now, it's all about the last out maiden winners, early voting, Constitution Lawyer, and Grantham. And you have to at least respect Corbassier, the winner of the Jerome, who started five times and hit the board all five. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not taking anything away from Cavassier, but, you know, it's that time of the year, Brad, where, you, you, you know, some of these horses that have they've been winding themselves up and, and you look at some of these horses you, and you start seeing them come out with a really solid beat, uh, uh, buyer numbers in their first, maybe their first two starts, you know, coming out of a maiden and uh, maybe an optional claimer or something like that. They're horses that you can't overlook. You can't immediately go to, well, he hasn't competed in a stakes race because who knows the Kentucky Derby Derby winner may not have competed in a straight stakes race yet. Well, that's, that's exactly right. And with, with two-year-olds and even developing three-year-olds, these horses can improve overnight and from race to race. That's what's one of, one of the funnest things about monitoring these three-year-olds on the road toward the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the Kentucky Derby itself is, uh, in my opinion, the most overrated, overhyped race in the history of, of the sport but it's the march toward the Kentucky Derby and watching these horses develop, watching them develop a style, watching them go up the ladder. Some of them can take the heat. Some of them fall by the wayside. Some of them you never hear from again. But I get as much enjoyment out of the February, March, April prep races as I do the demolition race itself, the demolition derby, the Kentucky Derby with 20 horses <laughs> bouncing off each other. Um, I, I enjoy the, the, the prep season and watching these horses get better step by step by step. The, you know, it's funny, the Withers, you wouldn't normally think that that's a super productive race in regards to the Kentucky Derby, but this is a completely different year for the reasons that we alluded to earlier. It's quite unlikely that the Kentucky Derby winner is based in California due to the Churchill Downs, Bob Baffert situation. So if, there, if the Derby winner is not going to come from California, then that increases the chances that that Derby winner is going to come from somewhere else, including New York or Arkansas or Florida. And the Withers Stakes on Saturday at Aqueduct, who knows, maybe this will turn out to be a key race absent the no, normal power that comes out of California from the Bob Baffert stable. Well, you know, th that's a, a very interesting observation that uh, we're going to have to start taking into consideration as far as this year's Derby, the uh, potential uh, elimination, shall we say, of any horse trained by Bob Baffert. I still think there's a plan of action figured out there that he's cut a deal with these people. Because let's face it, you're going to tell somebody, hey, here, you can buy a you know, a $600,000 horse and I'll train it, but you can't run in the Kentucky Derby. That's got to be a hard pill to swallow. Well, yeah, it, it certainly is. And it's, it's uncomfortable, not only for the owners, but it's also uncomfortable for Churchill Downs, for Baffert, for those of us who enjoy the sport of racing and, and have it, the, the, it just, there's a whole lot of mudslinging going on right now, and it's not a very comfortable, fun situation to be in for those of us who love the game. No, it's it's not. It's not. Well, Brad Free, thanks so much. I always love it when you're on the show. I mean, uh, you give great insights. Uh, you were able to carry me through the Sunday card, which is always greatly appreciated. And uh, uh, you, you, you just, uh, I don't know, if you ever decide to get out of writing about uh, the, the, the sport, I think you need to go ahead and get into radio because you're pretty smooth, man. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, John. Thanks a lot. And watch out for Graceland Gray on Sunday in the Las Virginias. This gray filly from Lethbridge, Canada, might be the best bet of the weekend. 
Well, I already highlighted it on my notes, Brad, so I'll be in touch with you sometime Sunday evening to let you know how we made out. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. Take care. Brad Free from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who sleeps with the Daily Racing Forum under his pillow. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's none other than Bob Railbird Roberts from beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, where he's only buried under a foot of snow right now. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with us now, Bob Railbird Roberts. I went over some of his great, uh, you know, uh, background as far as getting into the sport, but I do every time I have him on, and I have him on quite often. All you got to know is he knows how to handicap, and he knows how to talk about horses. Bob, how are you, my friend? I'm uh, up to my eyeballs in snow. That's what I am. <laughs> yeah, two tours with my the snowblower, I hear. Yeah, the lawnmower did about six furlongs twice. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, the, well, not uh, the lawnmower, the snowblower, not the lawnmower, the snowblower, right? Jeez, yeah. And like you said, you look out the window now, and it looks like nobody was ever out there. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, I mean, I saw a little concrete when I got done, and then half an hour later, it's all snow again. So I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna find in the morning, but you got to keep it somewhat clean. Heaven forbid you need to get out of here. Well, right. I mean, I'm hoping right. to go get. Uh, I'm hoping to go to the track tomorrow to bet simulcasting, but who knows? Who knows? Well, uh, I, I just hope. Uh, you know, you were telling me how they, uh, because of fog, they canceled the last aqueduct. Uh, I hope it's just a little foggy there on Saturday, so uh, they don't get a foot of snow and have to cancel the action uh, because we wanted to look at the weather stakes. I was just talking to uh, Brad Free about it, but l- let's hold our horses for the weather. So I want to talk to you about the Florida races, but before we do that, I just want to ask you this. I, I kind of thought about this from a business perspective, something I don't do too often, but <laughs> I put this question towards Brad, and I'll put it to you now bob roberts don't you think if you plunked down six hundred thousand dollars for son of into mischief and gave it to bob baffert you wouldn't you, you would hope that there'd be a plan of action rather than all of a sudden to be surprised after your horse wins the santa anita derby and have bob say uh by the way we're not going to the kentucky derby with this horse do you think well, they, that, that a lot of these big owners have a plan of action going, Bob, if this and this and this happens, who do you suggest we give the horse to? Because there's only one Kentucky Derby. No, no question about it. I mean, they, they don't have to tell them uh, that there's no point after the Santa Anita Derby. They know that they're not going. I think Bush is about to come to shove now. I mean, these, uh, these early preparations are 10-pointers, right? I mean, that's right. no big deal. But these horses have to be moved. Where's Corniche? Is any training in Kentucky? At uh, yeah, well, I was just talking to Brad about that. He has not had a published workout. Yeah, well, they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't have published workouts at that farm. No, Windstar they, they Farm. Be, uh, no, he's just there legging up. Right. They got to be uh, picking their alter, alternate trainers by now. I mean, who's going to get these horses? I mean, you, you, maybe Fletcher. Todd Fletcher will have fourteen horses in the Derby this year. <laughs> Him and Kenny oh, McPeak. Yeah, but yeah, ten for ten for Todd, ten for Kenny. There's your twenty. Let's go. <laughs> it's mean, funny because got, well, I'm it, when Corniche won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. The the owner was in the winner circle. He was he was him and Han. He knows. I think his quote was something like Bob understands business. I think that was his quote. These horses will be moved soon. They better, because right like you said, they're not, they're not getting any derby points as long as Baffert's name is associated with the horse. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, I mean, uh, I'm almost surprised. Well, there is no Baffert horse in the uh, in the Holy Bull. I mean, this is a, a quarter of a million dollar race. It's a grade three. Here we go. I mean, the game's, uh, what's the points on this race? I, I didn't write them down, but they, they got to be uh, getting better. This is no, 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 no. They're, they're all 10 four, two, one. This weekend, really? Even really? Even this yeah. one, huh? All, okay. Yep. All, both Oaks okay. and Derby, all ten four two ones. Well, that, well, then that's why they got more time. But he is obviously there's no Baffert horse in this race. He, he should have put one. Baffert should have had one in this race. Heck, I mean, it's only uh, ten points. He, he should have went for the money. It's a quarter of a million. 
What the heck? This is where you don't mind losing points that go pick up uh, 100 and uh, whatever it is, 150,000. You should have had one in there in the Holy Bull. He can run well, in Florida, can't he? Yeah, but he, he Churchill won't give him any derby points, but he can run for the money. Yeah, that's he's okay I mean, to run there. He's not in, yeah, that's why I'm surprised he's not in the Holy Bull. What the heck? Go for the dough, man. I mean, could you imagine what his legal fees must be? Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I don't want to think about it. No. Well, you know, sad, John. The thing that I think is sad is I mean, we're coming upon the next derby now, and we haven't resolved the last derby. That's not good. No. I mean, I don't I mean, justice uh, delayed is not justice. we got to get this over with. Let's go here. Come on. I know. Pick People are having their pictures <laughs> taken with Mandaloon thinking they're with the derby winner. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't it, know. Last couple it years very well could Bulls. be. We'll, 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 we'll see how quick we get through these uh, these races at Gulfstream. Because sad to say, I, I sharpen my handicapping pen. I get down there, and I'm like, oh, whoa, field of six, field of seven, field of nine. I can live with the nine, but right. we're, we're, right. we're kicking off with, with, with uh, uh, a race called the Swell. And as you'll recall, this used to be a legitimate derby prep race before the point system was put into place because it really was logical at this time of year unless you had some huge bear that had already proven itself that this was the stepping off point for the derby hopefuls in the florida route but this year it's a no 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 uh, no points uh it is a grade three though seven furlong swell and uh uh, in this six-horse field, I don't know who you came up with. I, I kind of, I'm, and I don't have the odds in front of me, but it looks to me like uh, Todd Pletcher has just been having a hell of a meet. I mean, he's winning at, what, a 38% clip? That's unheard of. Right. He's got Miss Prankster in there with the short field. I I, I, I see him just tough to beat in here. Well, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a two-to-one morning line favorite. Well, and, that explains uh, that. You know, I don't. I, the, the one hole, the one hole is not always the best place to be in sprint races. So, I mean, this horse has speed. He hasn't been on the lead in any of his races in the first couple of calls. And I, I, one thing about him, he's had four starts at four different track tracks. Hopefully, I mean, uh, Louis Saez is the, the king of Gulfstream until the Ortiz brothers got there. Now he's got to share the spotlight. So he might just sit a trip with this horse. I'm going to try to beat him, but I put him second. I'm going with the four horse, Dean Delivers. I, I like this horse. I know he's, he spent his entire career at Gulfstream. He broke his maiden back in June, got beat a neck in July in a state bread stake, and then he put him in an optional, uh, optional claimer allowance race on January 8th. He got beat another neck, and he had a real rough trip. Bounced off the gate, bounced off a couple of horses, I'm going to go with Dean Delivers. Not that I'm giving you some long shot. He's four to one uh, uh, on the morning line. So I'm going four, Dean Delivers, one, my prankster, and three of a revolution. Well, I'm going to be watching that race closely, Bob, because I might make a, a better bet in the Holy Bull race, depending on the outcome of Dean Delivers' performance in the swale, because uh, he was only beaten a neck by Cage's Magic, who's going to be one of the favorites right. in the Holy Bull. So I'll be watching this race with interest. Yeah. 
though I'll probably keep my hands in my pockets from a betting perspective. Right. Then we move up, uh, right. getting a little bit closer to the field, getting a little bit bigger. Field of seven. This is a points race for the Oaks. It's the forward gale. And again, a uh, seven furlong affair, a distance I like usually, but I got a feeling this time of the year, these horses are using it as stepping stones. I, I just love horses that settle into finding out that there's seven furlong races, but I digress. Uh, the two that come to the top for me, Bob, and I'll let you tear them apart here in a minute, uh, is uh, Radio Days and Diamond Wow. Well, this is an interesting race because of a decision, and I'd like to be a fly on the wall to have heard the discussions. Radio Days is my topic, date to five on the morning line. But here's something interesting, and this will, this will have maybe, uh, it'll, it'll come up when we talk about the withers. Radio Days is going to be ridden by Dylan Davis. Dylan Davis is no Florida jockey, but he's going down there to ride this horse for Shug McGahee. Maybe he thinks by going to Florida to ride for Shug, it'll help him when the season gets back in New York after the, you know, when Belmont opens. He's going down there to ride in this race. The race is only 100000 He could have stayed home. There's two horses in the Withers yes. that he has ridden. And the race up there is for a quarter of a million. He's going to fly to Florida. I mean, I know he's got a couple other mounts, but he's not on any any bomb, you know, on any uh, any uh, chalk horses in the other races. But he's going down to ride this chalker for Shug for a hundred thousand. When he could have stayed home and rode probably every race, and then took a shot for two fifty. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Radio Days on top. I think uh, I think she kind of lays over the field, and I put the uh, I'm going for a long shot for second. Uh, this trainer Ron Spatz, he must be a real riverboat gambler. He's got this horse in there, Last Leaf, twelve to one. He's run her against the boys twice. The Hollywood Beach Stakes, and then he came back in the uh, in the Limehouse, and the horse hangs in there and runs pretty well. Pretty well. So I'm going to take a shot and uh, get myself an exacta box with Radio Days and Last Leaf in the eighth race. I like it. I like it. That was the forward gale. Yeah. Again, the girls are looking for a starting uh, spot on the Oaks Day, and then we come to the Holy Bull. We got a field of nine. And while there's a couple of horses that merit a lot of attention, like Mo Donegal and, and Tis the Bomb, uh, there's some other horses in here that would not surprise me if they got home first, Bob. What's your read on the Holy Bull? We're going a mile and a 16th, quarter million on the line there. Well, it's a good race. It's a good race to handicap. It's a good race to bet. And, you know, I've been reading a blood horse for 100 years. And uh, in this week's blood horse, uh, Byron King's got his Derby Dozen. Yeah, three of those derby, three of those horses are in this race. Uh, Mo Donegal, he's ranked fourth. Tis the Bomb is fifth, and Giant Game is eighth. So there's there's three of the twelve are in this race. So this is a good race. Uh, wow! I, I don't really. I'm going against Mo Donegal. I, I that Remsen. I, I don't know what was going on that day, but man, they crawled around there. A half and fifty one and two. Six furlongs and sixteen and one. All the races that day weren't that slow. And I know he won, but I don't know who he's faced so far. So I'm not I'm gonna try to beat him. I'm gonna try to beat that horse. And the horse I'm gonna try to beat him with is uh is number four, simplification. I think he could find himself alone on the lead here. And uh he's locally based. All his races have been at Gulfstream. I like that. 
And uh, the old the old wise rider, Javier Castellano, has the mount, and I like that too. So I think he could be in control of this race on the front end. And Javier is pretty good. I know he's getting a little longer in the tooth, but he's a very good judge of pace. So I'm going to put simplification on top. I'll use I'll use uh, Mo Donegal. And there's uh, an interesting horse in here, John, is this Tis the Bomb. I mean, yeah. he's uh, turf, turf, turf. Maybe he's the next Barbaro because Barbaro started on the turf, and he won the Kentucky Derby. So, by the way, how loaded is this McPeak this year for the Derby? I huh? love it. Man, oh, man. It's great. It's he, great. He's he, not known he, for his uh, three-year-olds. He's known a lot for, for more God. of his fillies than his boys, except for Harlan's Holiday over the years. I mean, going back to going back to that Derby dozen, he's got the number one, Rattling Rose McPeak. He's got the three, Smile Happy. And he's got Tis the Bomb. There's, there's, he's got three of them. Is there another one I missed? He might have another one on that list. I don't know. But, man, uh, is this oh, guy loaded so far. Yeah, it, it's great. I'm, I'm happy for Kenny. He's one of those little guys yeah. that started out at River Downs and ended up in the big time. But uh, he never got too big that he doesn't remember his, uh, his little buddy, the regular guy. I like that. Well, it will be Not interesting. Not only that, Again, John. Huh? Not only that, you live in Dayton, I live in Cleveland, so we've had a focus on Ohio horse racing. I don't know how many people know it, but Ken McPeak is the guy who developed the greatest ever Ohio bred and one of the all-time great racehorses, Harlan's Holiday. Yes. Who made $3 million. That was Kenny McPeak breaking its maiden in a two-year-old stake race at Thistledown. I know, and it picked him out of the sale at not an astronomical price. The the funny thing now, Bob, is looking down and, and seed Kenny with horses like Tis the Bomb that cost $300,000. He, he used to right. cherry-pick these horses for like 30000 and bring them up big right. time. Now, now it looks like uh, Keith DeSormo ha, has taken that mantle, shall we say. You, you know, well, you're right. You're right about hey, that. You're right I, about I only got that. like about a minute left, but did you get a chance to look at the weathers? Yes, yes. Who'd you like? I'm going to go for the one. I'm going to go for the horse that Dylan Davis might have wished he stayed home to ride. The one Constitution lawyer. I got him on top, and I put the uh, the big favorite's going to be that. How do you say that word? Covassier. He, he's off an easy win in the Jerome. I put him second, and uh, Chad Brown's got one in their early voting. I'm going to throw him in the mix too. But I'm going to bet the one Constitution lawyer with uh, Jose Lescano breaking from the rail. Inside's been awfully good at Aqueduct, fog or no fog. The inside has been the place to be for the last couple of weeks there. Well, thank you for that bit of information. Uh, yeah, like I, I told Brad, I said, uh, I'm looking to beat the Jerome horses. So I do like Cavassier, but if I'm looking for a little more of a price, I, I do like the horse you mentioned, early voting and Constitution mm-hmm. Lawyer. I'm just hoping that the reason Constitution Lawyer didn't run a bang-up race the last time uh, was the mud. I hope he's just maturing yeah. because, face it, Bob, yeah. at this time in a three-year-old's career, how often have they run a mile and an eighth twice? This horse has and is right. finished first and no. third. Uh, that says That's a, a lot. That's a very good point. Well, That's my producer, Andrew. You know what says a lot for you? And you know what says a lot for you, John? Your listeners don't know this, but you agreed that if I did your show, you'd come up and slow, slow blow my driveway tomorrow morning. I really appreciate that. If I can get out of mine, Bob, look for me, buddy. <laughs> Stay warm, John. Stay warm. <laughs> 
I will. All right. Bob Railbird Roberts, uh, long known for his tenure at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. He's still writing and he's still capping, as is Brad Free, writer for the Daily Racing Forum. I thank both those fine handicappers for joining me. Thank my producer, uh, Andrew, for keeping us in line. And most of all, I thank you for being smart enough to go to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms, and take a look at the big winners we've just had today and yesterday. John Engelhart, Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.